Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Journalist Talk. And today I have a very special guest. She is Naya Jones, a, a ESPN producer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to see you again. Me and Naya, we met a couple of weeks ago in the CSUN Latino Journalist meeting, and I thought she was a very nice addition to this podcast and with that said can you give us a brief biography about yourself sure so my name is Naya Jones born and raised in LA grew up an athlete my whole life uh, I work in sports now so I work as a producer for Sports Center, really a content associate which is around the same thing but um, I'm a part of a group of people that put together the content and everything that you see everything that you hear for Sports Center that people watch every night once all of the sports are over throughout the night, um, and I have a great time, and my goals now are just to continue to to rise in the ranks of that, as well as mentoring and just kind of giving people the knowledge of what I do so that they're interested in doing the same stuff that I'm doing to see more black and brown faces in the office, so that's what I'm up to now. Well, that's a great start. Okay, so you're in ESPN and you work with sports news and we know that it's a mainly male um, industry still. And how is your experience so far working as a sports news producer and being in the middle of this environment? For the most part, it's been really fun. Like, it is still male-driven, male-dominated just because the majority of the sports that we know and love so much is male sports and the rooms are going to be full of men especially white men right so um that's just something that kind of just comes with the territory at this point the goal is throughout time to just make more room make uh the room more more colorful in the sense of okay yeah you have your white males but then you have your black women and then you have your hispanic women and then you have all of these people from around the globe to represent everybody not only in the room but in the world so that we put the best stuff on tv to 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 convey what we want to do which is to be unbiased and is to you know just just be as well-rounded as possible so um other than that it's been really cool like job my job is really fun like i was just telling these group of high school kids that i was speaking to at lock high school like i'm getting paid to watch sports like you can't you can't beat that can't get any better than that and everything is around sports so it's just like it's just fun like I go into work every day not knowing what's gonna happen because sports are very unpredictable like I go into work tonight and I don't know what I'm gonna be doing just because like things are happening that are different from yesterday that are gonna be different from tomorrow so um, I, I love what I do and I love the space that I'm in and the people that I'm working with every day so I couldn't be couldn't be more grateful for that. I love the passion that you bring, like, whenever you're talking about your job and what you do. And when did you know that you wanted to be a journalist or a sports producer? So I was an athlete my whole life. So back to that. Um, and I actually got hurt. I used to play softball in college. I played at Pasadena City College. And I tore my labrum, which is my shoulder, like, popped out completely. And they told me I, I had to have surgery and I got kicked off the team. So I'm just like, dang, like, I've never not played sports before. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to this JC. I'm about to go to a four-year. What am I going to do? Like, what's what's the plan? What do I, what do I want to do after school in general? So I was like, okay, I'm hurt. Sports are out of the way. But I'm really good at talking, and I like sports. So 
I thought, oh, I want to be in front of the camera and be like a broadcaster. But I, long story short, ended up getting in contact with people that work at ESPN. I literally got the door open for me. I went in there. I saw, I was watching the set of um, an older show on, on ESPN called Sports Nation, where I saw the people on TV interacting with producers, which are the people that tell the people on TV what to do and say. So I saw that interaction and I, it kind of like clicked in my head and I was like, okay, I think I want to do that just because like I know that these are the people that are making the people look cool on TV. And I just like that power because it's still the stress of like, you have to be perfect, I guess, and you have to perform but it's it's a different type of pressure than actually being behind being in front of the camera so I think it's a lot more responsibility just because like it's your job to research it's your job to write the the best things to know the best people to just have the best things to put on tv for the people on tv so I just I just love that and I just fell in love with it as soon as I saw that and from then I was like okay this is where I want to be and this is what I want to do so I kind of just stuck with that yeah during college did you went through I think like if a journalist goes through that I entered and I was like okay I'm gonna be a print journalist mm -hmm. for sports and fashion and then I started taking broadcasting class and I was like you know what I'm gonna be a reporter on tv mm -hmm. and then I started like my podcast and uh, radio station and all and I was like you know what I'm into audio and this is like my longest passion so far in journalism did you went through all that when you were studying definitely like like I said I wanted I thought I wanted to be on tv and then I saw it and I was like mm. like I thought it would give what it was supposed to give but it didn't and then I saw producing I'm, I'm like okay but that was because I was exposed to it like I, I would tell people in school and tell people that isn't sure what they want to do like it's okay to not know what you want to do until you are exposed to these different types of journalism like Writing is a type of journalism, broadcasting is, producing is, even like PR and stuff like that. That's all around the same umbrella, but you don't really, you can't really know what you want to do unless you're exposed to these things. So I'm just like, yo, go for it. Reach out to everybody. I told people in the, um, the journalism thing that I went to a couple weeks ago, like just because somebody's offering you an internship that isn't exactly what you think it's going to be. Take advantage of that because that might pique different interests that you would have never known you had until you had that opportunity. So I just say go for all of it. And once you do that, then that'll give you a better mindset of what you want to do and what you want to focus on. Yeah. Something that you brought in the in the meeting is your balanced life when you were in college. And I know some people that listen to my podcast, they are in college. Some people already graduated. They are in the in the field already. But can you explain us what motivated you and how did you balance school, work, family, social life, and how did you do that? Really, God. I believe in God, and I believe that he gave me the strength to do everything because I was doing a whole lot. Like, I had a full load, and I was working at ESPN full-time, and I was commuting. So I was commuting from, this is my day. This is my day. One day, right? Let's call it a Wednesday. I was, so I would get up about like 5.36, get on the freeway from Lancaster, which is like an hour and some change away from CSUN, drive to school, be at school from about 8 till, till let's say like 1 o'clock. So that'll be like two or three classes, still have to eat, still have to somewhat keep myself together and stay awake. I would go to the gym for like an hour, take a shower there, go to school, I mean go to work after that, be in traffic for an hour, 
to get to downtown LA, be at work from 4.35 o'clock till, I don't know, 12 a.m., drive back up to Lancaster and do it all over all over again. So I'm running off of like four hours of sleep for like, well, how long is this semester? Like six months? Yeah. Like five months? Yeah. So I'm doing that every day and in addition to like changes and day shifts and things like that. So um, it was really just the willpower of like God and then the, the power of just like my family. My mom supported me a lot. She Gave me a lot of pep talks when I had, because I've had moments where I'm like, I don't want to go to school. I already got a job. I don't want to finish up. And she's like, you work too hard to just stop right before the finish line. So she gave me a lot of motivational pep talks. And even with with work, I'm like, I have to finish school because if I don't finish school, I need a degree to get to this job that I've already kind of started. So I can't quit school because I would have to quit, quit work. So it just kind of all went hand in hand. But luckily, it just went by pretty quick. I handled what I handled, and like I said, by the grace of God, I graduated with a 3.7, and I got to keep my job. I've been moving, elevating up ever since, so it's been really good. So I feel like if I can do that, anybody can do anything. You just really have to have your mindset on something enough to where all the other stuff is just noise, and you just have to focus on that one thing that you want to accomplish. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. After we talked to you, me and everybody in the board, uh, we were talking like, how did you do all that with five, four hours of sleep? And I'm like, I'm every day like also going to sleep like at, at one and waking up at six. Yeah. And then I was like, that day I had to finish two essays in one hour for my next class. And I was going to ask for a extension. I was like, you know what? She can do it. I can yeah. do it. And then I finished the two essays. Thanks for your like whole yeah. speech about that. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of that too is like, I made it very clear with my teachers. Like, look, I have this job that's with this company or whatever, even if it isn't with ESPN, if it's with whoever, Joe Schmo from whatever, I'd be like, yo, this is what I'm doing. Can you please have grace with me with certain things? It's not every week. It's maybe not even every month, but it's certain times where you're like, yo, I need an extra few hours. I need an extra morning to get whatever done. Hey, can you, you know, give me more time on whatever? Worst thing they could say is no, but at least they can respect like, okay, you decided to tell me this before was a problem and you were still willing to have the initiative to still want to finish whatever work that you're doing for school so it's just having the communication and having the relationships with your professors where they are willing to do that because they don't have to do that so it's a willingness to do that them wanting to help you and just like hoping for the best really so like I said the worst you could say is no but you could be like okay at least I tried yeah that day you inspired me to finish two essays so thank you you're welcome <laughs> but take naps like I, I, I love taking a good nap I don't know if that little like relaxation and the oasis, yes. Yeah, where right where the gym is at. Yeah. I would go in there and hop in like one of the little pods or just get a little blankie and just sleep for like 45, 30 minutes if I could. And that would be all I needed to kind of get through the my second half of the day. So like resting is huge. Like you don't want to run off no energy. You want to be able to like with stuff like that, because you can't necessarily eat huge meals throughout the day, like nutrition is a thing. And I didn't notice this till after, maybe like within the last year or so, like if you're that busy, you have to eat to fuel your body. So boom, you're up at six o'clock. Okay, drink, drink a bottle of water. If you're not used to eating, eat, try to force yourself to eat 
an apple an hour after that. Okay, eat a banana an hour after that. Okay, eat a sandwich. Okay, eat this. So you're kind of eating bigger in the bigger part of your day. Like if I'm up from 6 to 12 a.m., like maybe around like three, I'll eat a bigger meal. But just you got to eat to fuel. So it's not about eat for it to necessarily taste good. You want it to, but you want it to fuel your body to literally give you the energy that you need to get through the rest of your day. So that's kind of how I think of it now. And that was what I was doing. And I didn't even notice it because like I was able to get through it. But nutrition was part of it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting because sometimes like we're talking, all of my friends, journalists were like, you know, I, I didn't have anything to eat the whole day. And I'm like, that's not health. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to make you sleepier. Like, yeah. Because what if you're if you keep eating throughout the day and you're still sleepy, take a nap. Right. But if you're like whooped and it's 11 a.m that you need to eat or you're dehydrated and a lot of the times it's dehydration and it makes you feel like you think your body's hungry but it's really just thirsty so if you just continue to drink water not juice not soda but water and just eating for fuel then you'll be good because now you're just giving your body what it needs to perform yeah in this podcast we also talk about nutrition now i love that (laughs) and i remember you telling us that you are the oldest sibling, right? Mm-hmm. How is that going through college, doing all that? Were you kind of like a role model to your sisters? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about doing all that and then like reaching where you are right now? Mm-hmm. It's a huge job. It's really nice. And how do you feel about all that? I feel good about it. Like I, by any means, am not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. And my mom knows that. My family knows that, but that just makes it even cooler because it's like you see the success, but you also see the mistakes. And that's what makes you like a well-rounded person. You know, I, I, I'm a very busy person, but whatever free time I have, I always try to make with my family, whether that's a phone call that I have, whether I'm getting from point A to point B, I'm talking, or whether it's, you know, I have um, a Sunday off and I want to take my sisters to Six Flags for the day. I'm whooped. I want to sleep because I'm tired. But you know what? Let me put this extra energy into my family because that's important too. And that gives you the motivation to continue what you want to do and what what your aspirations are because it's like, okay, you feel like this like love that like kind of just keeps you going when you don't feel like doing anything or you don't have the energy to do it. So it kind of just brings you back to like the whole the whole motivation thing you just feel like you just feel like it's important and you feel motivated and it's always nice to feel like somebody's looking up to you or somebody I guess wants to be like you or want to follow in your footsteps it's flattering so it's like you all you almost want to like keep it up by doing the things you want to do but then you're what they're giving you is that love so you can keep doing that so I love it that is really nice. And you said that you were an intern when you were in college mm-hmm. for ESPN also. Mm-hmm. What is the differences, similarities, uh, your relationship with your bosses and other co-workers from being an intern and now being a producer? So my thing is I talk like how we're talking. I talk to you, how I talk to my mom, how I talk to professors, how I talk to people on the street. Like I don't... it's a time to turn it on and off, I guess, but I don't necessarily talk to anybody different. So I have the same energy for everyone. And that works in my favor because you just feel like, okay, I know that this is, she's being genuine and it isn't like coming off fake. Cause I just feel like 
I'm big on like being yourself, whatever that means, because one, it's enough. And two, that's who you are, right? You can't help but be yourself. It's going to come out eventually. So you might as well start being yourself. And so with that and being clear of what I want and, you know, what my aspirations are, always trying to get it done. Like I always try to make it clear what my, like I said, my, my intentions are and I just try to be myself as much as I can. And for the most part, it's been working. So I don't plan on stopping being myself anytime soon. Yeah, that's a very good advice because sometimes we think that we need to create like another persona when you're a journalist. Mm-hmm. That's something that I also never agreed to. Like you need to just be yourself. Yeah. You're going to have like your personal stuff coming up because like you are a person. You are just like out there giving the news. Yeah. So that's really interesting to... See how that worked in your favor whenever, like, people think that we need to be, like, two people at the same time. Whenever there's, like, Naya the journalist and Naya... Naya. The sister, right? Like, <laughs> Naya the sister, Naya the yeah. daughter, you know? But the way that I think about it is, like, I'm the same person. Obviously, there's times and places to be yourself a little bit more than others, right? But it's just... I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just going to be the best. And, like, even talking with bosses like when you're yourself like it's okay you know you don't have to act like you're being somebody else because people are going to feel that so if you're yourself it's worth it it's 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 enough and I just think like whatever it is that you want to do you got to do it and like you got to think about just like people's favorite reporters like they're their favorite reporters probably because of themselves and they're different than Joe Schmo on TV like you want to be you want to bring something different to the table, and that different is you being you, and that's enough. So if you think about it as simply as possible, that's all it is. Yeah, we always hear that we need to be different from any, from everybody else in this industry because there's a lot of journalists, but there's like, like so only one you. you. Yeah, you know, like I'm nuts. Like I, I talk <laughs> about Professor Davis all the time because he's my favorite professor here, and like I've been the same me. Like, I'll call him right now and talk to him, like, how I was when I was a student here. And he's going to get the same thing every time. And, you know, coming into classes, I I guess, like, at the very beginning, before I came or whatever, people would be like, you have to be this, you know, um, kind of uptight journalist lady, and you have to wear this, and you have to do that. But I'm coming in black with my curly big hair and my big personality, and I'm cracking jokes, and I'm being myself, and I realize like okay I made space for myself in these in these rooms that I didn't think was ever room for me but I'm making room because I'm myself and at the end of the day like that's what makes you different and that's what makes you valuable to whoever you're working with or whoever people want to you know when people want to work with you so I just think it's cool to be yourself I think it's the best yeah and it's the easiest <laughs> it is <laughs> And you also have a new segment in your show talking about fashion and sports, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit more with the listeners? Yeah. So I have this fashion segment called Heat Check. So Heat Check is a term used in basketball. Like maybe like after the third or fourth like really hard shot that you make, it's called a heat check. So it's pretty much like you're doing things that are, I guess, hard or consistent. So like I was like, oh, that's kind of catchy. Like. There's certain people in the NBA, for example, like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, that are known for their style. So I was like, yo, like it was maybe like in 2018. I might have still been in school at the time. Um, And it was like the NBA draft. 
and I every day in the afternoon before we start our show, we have news meetings about, and it, it's everybody in the team for Sports Center, and we talk about what we want to put on TV and how and all this stuff. And so I was like, the NBA draft today. Fashion is pretty important. Um, every day after I would leave school, I would change in my car and dress for work, but I always was known for dressing up or wearing cool stuff. So I was like, we should definitely focus in on fashion. And they're like, well, why don't you do it? I'm like, all right. So I came up with like three of the best outfits from that draft. And I happened to have some heels in the car that day. And I literally was put on TV in front of like, I don't know how many hundred thousands of people watching <laughs> after the NBA draft. And I talked about the outfits. And from there, I created a segment that was initially called Drip Drive. Wasn't crazy about the name, but the concept was cool. I had a host to host it and around different um, events. So we would do like, and the um, All-Star Weekend, we would do MLB um, opening day. We would do, we would just do different stuff. But from since then, it's evolved from that to Heat Check, which is the new thing now. And it's um, hosted by Christine Williamson, who's the bald girl on um, SportsCenter. She's on like everything ESPN now. So she's my host for that. Um, so we just do it around like the NBA draft, NFL draft. We did one for Paris Fashion Week around Serena Williams and uh, Virgil Abloh, who just recently passed away. And it's becoming to grow bigger, 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 which I'm really excited for because it initially started a few years ago as, a, as an idea in a news meeting. So from it being an idea to it being like a hashtag and, you know, we're hoping to get sponsors on it soon and one of the most sought out, you know, ESPN personalities is the host now and I, I still have full control of it for the most part is like I couldn't ask for anything better on top of my day-to-day -day work for Sports Center, so it's really fun yeah I love this idea of yours because when I started journalism I wanted to work with sports and fashion mm -hmm. so when you when you told us that I was like damn that's a great idea yeah. it combines like two and two and that's something that people always say that it's very hard to break into sports and it's hard to find stuff to talk about fashion and people that are interested in so you bring like two things that people can consider totally different and put them together and create like a great show yeah. that's that's amazing I mean I'm bringing like I said like you don't want to be the same I don't stats are cool when in sports right but like I translate with my eyes like I want to see stuff So, obviously, people, the world's going to pay attention to LeBron. Why don't we talk about his shoes that are, like, dope? Let's talk about that. And then you'll research it and be like, wow, there's a story behind why it's designed like that. That's pretty cool. Wow, they're $10,000 shoes. That's pretty cool. Like, it's something small, but it brings something different to the table because, yes, it is still under the umbrella of sports, but it's a niche, a niche where it's just specific to what he's wearing. But a lot of the people that are on TV – likes fashion too you just have to tap into that audience that's watching like I said the whole umbrella of sports so yeah and I think it's it's interesting because athletes they also have their own fashion design lines mm -hmm. or something like that and people often like oh yeah they just have like a dish shoot or whatever but you don't know if they were passionate about it if they mm -hmm. worked before so I feel like it's important to bring those two things together and show that it's not just like the fashion week or something uh, more feminine, yeah. talking about fashion in journalism. Yeah. Well, people put a lot of money into their clothes. Like, 
Yes, these are millionaires, but they're spending millions of dollars on our clothes because guess what? They want to be seen and they want to be, you know, they're wearing these brands. And like, I know people that own these brands that are spending a lot of money or pulling a lot of strings for whatever athletes wear their clothes because they know there's going to be a platform or a spotlight on them. Right. So it's like, why not be that spotlight where you're connecting not only to the athlete, not only to the audience, but to the brand as well, because the brand has a story, too, but. I want to give light to certain brands, particularly from black people and people of color that have these black people and people of color wearing their stuff. So it's like it's a different angle to like serving that community as well. So I kind of look at it from that perspective, too. Yeah, and I did some research on your LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Like good. I do it to every guest uh-huh, here. I uh-huh. think it's my mainly source of news uh, about you guys all of it, try to google everybody i googled you too from, you should like and i went to your instagram good, so good. <laughs> and i saw that you worked for nike also yeah, I did. how was his experience awful no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no it wasn't awful it wasn't awful it was a good learning experience that's my first real okay i was went to unlv for like two semesters And I was a rep for like three weeks. But like Nike was my first real job and that was in retail. So I worked mainly at the Pasadena Nike retail store. And then I also worked at the Grove as well. So I learned a lot from there. I learned how to really talk to people, talk to people from different walks of life. Um, And, you know, I got cool gear and stuff. And I met a lot of really cool people, especially at the Grove um, location, just because like everybody cool and famous I guess go to the Grove so like sometimes the people that I met at the Grove I met later on in life again working in my industry and was like yo I met you at Nike in like 2017 and they're like yo I actually remember you so it's kind of funny to to kind of like see them like that years later but um I, I it was cool it's a fun job to have like coming in you know being a young adult if you're still there after being a young adult that's cool but you know my time there was over with as soon as I got my ESPN internship um but I'm thankful for the experience for sure because it taught me a lot yeah of course I think that this networking that you also did mm-hmm. there like I I saw you we talked for a for a few moments it's very essential for journalism I I sometimes when I see like people that they are well known or something like my journalist instinct it's like Can I just ask you, like, a few questions? Like, I'm not even going to record it, but can I just ask you (laughs) and get to know? And I feel like that's something that makes you memorable to people. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like, the way that you talk, it's, of course, you're going to make some impression on on people and a good one. (laughs) And now tapping a little bit towards the end of our episode, Mm -hmm. you're also a Amy Award winning. Yeah. And then I saw in your play that it's outstanding studio show daily. Uh-huh. How do you feel about that? You conquered it all, like we talked here in the interview, and then you got an Emmy. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. I. It's so weird. Like <laughs> even like looking at it, I'm like, for real. Like maybe they said this to you. On Is that mine? Like it, it ain't mine. <laughs> like um, <laughs> it was just very. It was. It was just so like just so foreign because I'm like, okay, first of all, I just graduated for real. I graduated in 2019, you know? So it's like, we got this in 2020 during the pandemic. Like this is like prime pandemic, you know? So it's like, we were on the front line, not on the front lines, but um, we were, you know, one of the main people 
in studio still because when you are working in news, ESPN is considered sports news. So we're considered essential in that sense of media. And so, um, you know, we're, we're trying our best in the midst of chaos to like put the best stuff on TV still. And it was cool to get um, noted for that and like getting an award for that. I just was like, dang, like I'm like more than grateful for that because I, I that wasn't something that was my goal. Like I'm not coming into into it, coming into school, like, I want to end, and this is it, like, I, this was just something along the way that happened, and it's like, okay, wow, like, if this is happening, and this isn't even what I'm necessarily striving for, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future for what I'm actually going to strive for, you know, so it's like, it's almost like, and we were kind of talking about this in the journalism club thing, like, um, I've gotten a lot of no's before, I got a no, I got no's from, I'll, I'll keep them nameless, but I got no's from other major companies, and, like, when I got a yes from ESPN, it was almost like, you know how you have a, like your favorite teddy bear and it's really small, it's like, God's taking my small teddy bear I love, but behind his back is, like, this big, huge teddy bear, and he's giving me that instead, and that's how I kind of felt with getting an Emmy Award and just being around that today, it's just like, uh, it's just way more, and it's a lot more than I expected, really, so I'm just super grateful. I'm excited to see what you have next. Thanks. And do you have any other projects that you can talk about with me here? Personal projects, professional with ESPN, without them. Do you have anything else besides the Kid Check show? Um, so I am actually, I don't know if you've heard of this story, but um, USC has this group. This black girl created this dance team called the USC Majorettes, which is um, like at HBCUs, they have the dance teams and then they have the cheerleading squad. So it's like a little bit more different, but they're more higher end dancers. And so this like black girl is like, yo, at USC, it's, you know, predominantly white. They call it PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. And at this place, she's like, I feel like my type of dance and me being as black as I am, I don't really have, I don't fit in any of these categories. So she took the time out of her life to come up with this group and now their group performs at USC games, football games, basketball games coming up next season. And I saw the story on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yo, this is dope. And my friend actually posted it. So I hit her up. I was like, yo, do you know her? Like, I want to put this in the show, like, as, like, a close or something in, in our show. And she's like, I know her personally. So we hopped on a call for, like, 20 minutes. She was super cool. I put her in the show, and then I told my bosses and people I work with, like, yo, I really want to, like, do something long form feature with them. And they're like, well, why don't we have you do something around them around USC, UCLA, which is November 19th. So I've been working at um, getting them in studio to do an interview with them. And they actually come in the studio for the interview next Friday. So I'm really excited about that. So that'll air on November 19th. So it'll be really good. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for you. That sounds like such a cool story to go forward and the idea of doing like something long form with it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's better. There's some news that you need to work a little longer with them so they can like reach their full potential. Sure. And I just wanted to ask you two last questions. Sure. <laughs> How and where do you find stories they want to put in your in your show? My Instagram timeline, not even going to lie to you. Like, my Instagram, my Twitter, I love, like, like, people get real bougie when they're, I guess, to the certain point where they're wherever they are in their lives, their careers, whatever. I, I love following people that are so different than me because that makes my timeline so different. Like, I'm seeing things about, because I'm a black woman, so I'm seeing things about black 
people and black women, that's cool. But I'm seeing like, like people from other countries and other places that are doing things that I I don't really know much about and I'm learning it from seeing it on my timeline because everybody's on Instagram all day every day anyway so it's like when they're posting things that I think are really cool because we follow each other because I follow them all I gotta do is see it like it reach out get some info about it and I can either put it on tv or lob it to somebody that does something else that may pique the interest of whatever I'm seeing. So I, I just love that. And that's where I get a lot of my stories that I try to put on the show. Because like I said, like it's important to have a different type of group of people where everybody's coming from different walks of life. Because my timeline is different than a 40-year-old white man's timeline, which is okay. But it's like you want to get that variety in the space like that when it comes to national television. So... That's where I get most of my stories and motivation and stuff from. Yeah, and my last question now, uh, what would be an advice that you'd give to journalist students that are going through the crazy life that you've been through or are having like some light semester? But at the end of the day, what is an advice for them? Do everything in your power, in your time, in your energy to have something planned for before you graduate. Like, that should always be the goal um, to, you know, better late than never, right? But I would say, like, because most people listening to this and you are also in L.A., whether you want to be in sports, fashion, news, whatever, you got an iPhone, you can get a tripod or have somebody hold it for you. There's news happening all day, every day. You're in a melting pot of news. If you you should get the citizens app if you want to do if you want to do crime if you want to do news there's plenty of stuff going on on that depending on where you are um, if you want to do sports like I said in the journalism thing go to SoFi there's games there the football team's playing there's a Laker game tonight there's a hockey game tomorrow night there's uh, LAFC tomorrow like there's stuff going on all the time so like when people be like I don't know what to do I'm like Google it. There's stuff going on every day. And like, all you need is your phone. All you need is a couple reps. And like, by the before you know it, because it, let's say you want to do sports, you'll have a whole reel before March, because you've done all these different things. But with the reps, you can practice and with the practice, you get better. So even if you don't have internships or a job lined up, by the time you graduate in May or June, you already have something to show for if you do want to be on air. If you do want to produce, you should write the things that you want to be on TV for, but you also want to show that you're well-rounded. So it's like, don't limit yourself to just being on TV and saying stuff. Like, write it. Cut it up. You're in school. They'll teach you that, you know? So you you have more than enough time to have something to show for before you graduate. So I'd say get started before you graduate and not after. Wise words, everybody. <laughs> And I just wanted to thank you so much, Naya, for coming to my podcast. I'm really happy that we had this conversation. And for you listeners, I'll see you guys in the next episode. <laughs>